0: You can skip this meeting info disclaimer by going to the two minute and 30 second mark. This is a comedy show about black mental health and race. None of the views expressed here should be considered advice. This is a content and trigger warning. Some audience members may find the show's content to be harmful and disturbing. Not as annoying as this fucking music. This comedy discusses Issues that are adult in nature. You must be 18 or older to listen. The views expressed are independent of any podcast platforms or sponsors. Now that we've eliminated, exploited, or offended everyone in the known fucking universe, please enjoy the show. If you have an actual emergency, please dial 911. Peace. You have public access to listen to this Zoom meeting live. Friday nights after midnight, around 3 a.m. actually Saturday morning, which is 3 a.m. by dialing in at 646-876-9923. That's
1: 646-876-9923. Welcome to Zoom. Enter your meeting ID followed by pound.
0: Our meeting ID is 819. Six seven two four eight one two zero That's eight one nine sixty seven twenty four eighty one twenty Meeting ID The passcode is three zero seven four zero four That's three zero seven four zero four Three zero seven 404 Thank you and we'll see you inside our Zoom meeting on Black Mental Health and Race
1: You are in the meeting now You are the first participant Please stand by
2: cool. Assalamu alaikum brother Peace to the God. Peace to the universe You are listening to Black Mental Health and Race Um, Just when you think it's uh, not about race, here we go again. Um, The Tyree Nichols funeral service um, garnered up a lot of heat, brother. Mm -hmm. The Reverend Al gave the eulogy. Uh, he says that they are now part of the family. You no, know, back in the days, when we used to go to the slave theater, that was one of the warnings he gave everybody in the general audience that didn't listen to him that he was a rabble rouser that you'll be coming my way before I give up my fight. Uh, remember the mother of Trayvon Martin, 17-year-old, um, who was snatched from us untimely because of um, the... Um, the Uh, bad part of, uh, of racism. And, uh, once again, racism shows its ugly head. This time it had blackface, brother. Um, last week we spoke about, um, my thought about, um, this being, um, something beyond race because it keeps happening. And um, then we got into a psychological discussion about um, is there a pattern in all of this? And um, I tried to establish um, there's some type of um, problem with um, young men that passes on into our psyche as older men when we should know better uh, and do better we still are inclined to those um things that um only uh young boys have to be poured out of And that is where we find ourselves this week with Black Mental Health and Race. Apparently, there was a white officer involved and he left the mess unscathed until a week later, maybe two weeks later, when he was finally mentioned. Um, Your thoughts on
1: any of this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, uh, I'm not sure where uh, uh, so I'm not sure of where you are going with your thought process uh, or where you're trying to take uh, this conversation um. Uh, Right? Or the question that you're asking me, if you're saying, What are my thoughts? Are you asking me, What are my thoughts on what happened? Are you asking me, What are my thoughts on Black on Black crime? Are these Black officers doing this to another Black person? Uh, Tell me the direction you're trying to go. Uh, Um, And then you you said something about uh, the last conversation as related to Black youth and it going on into adult adulthood i'm not sure the connection you're trying
2: to make um just my thoughts on all of this um as they vary by different um things that have um we've been apprised of within the last week about this situation so they vary and none none of my thoughts are connected but um it's just an opening discussion for any feedback you may have had. So wherever you want to take the
1: discussion is fine with me.
3: Mm. Um, honestly, bro, I, I, I mean, I don't know. The, the simplest way I can describe it is I think that uh, the officers were wrong. They were abusive of power in what they did. I think it was um, a regular run-of-the-mill handling of a situation for them. I don't think they intended to kill uh, the brother, but they did. Um, I think that the behavior didn't seem abnormal uh, to me. But while it didn't seem abnormal to me, um, I think it probably didn't. When I watched the video, it took me back to a a place in my life where I was very familiar with that type of behavior with the police. And I specifically remember um, a time in my life when I was on the other side of the tracks where the police would tell mm. you that if you run, we're going to beat you. Mm. And so when I saw that, and when I saw them beat the young brother, the way that they did, I wasn't surprised at all. And I wasn't surprised at the way the other police officers um, came in and participated because that was a regular a run of the mill type of behavior um and what police officers do so I wasn't really surprised in that I don't know that most black people um were surprised in that um type of behavior in terms of police and their activity because they they've seen it and or and or experience it a lot of the times so uh again I don't know if you're asking me for the psychological piece. On my perspective, or a general piece of my perspective, um, my general thought is it was horrible. Police officers were, uh, in my opinion, completely out of line, completely overstepped their boundaries, and I think they should be punished as a result.
2: Yes, sir. I... Um, uh... Within the last week, we've learned of um, another another motive for the um, murder may have been um, Tyrese, Tyree Nichols. Excuse me for getting his name wrong. Rest in peace to the brother uh, for this untimely death and um, the spark of a nation. Um. But we do learn that um, there may be some allegations of uh, a wrongdoing on the part of one of the officers um, having some involvement in uh, the situation beforehand, before the traffic stop in which um, uh, Tyree Nichols is alleged to have um, been in some type of relationship with his um one of the officers of uh, former wife.
3: Yeah, I don't I don't know about that, bro. I, I I I can't speak and I won't speak on that at all. Um a lot of that is alleged. I have no idea uh about that. Um so I'm not even gonna to try to um, entertain that thought. I don't because I've heard that, and I've heard other um, allegations of why that could have happened, but you know, I, I really don't want to, you know, um, get into speculation um, about that at all because I don't, I don't know anything about that, and I don't yeah, know if, there, if there's been any receipts confirmation. I, it, it that part just sounds like, um. Social media, you know, um, thoughts and processes about, yeah, you know, I heard this, I heard that. I I don't know anything about that. I don't know anything about Memphis. I don't know anything about that part of it. So I I can't even speak to that.
2: Yes, sir. The um, type of animal um, that we see emerging from all of this that is um, different. But we do know that the skeleton is still the same, still the same pattern of behavior, Um, which is why last week I warned about um, Black people being in a position where things could get out of hand. Um, I don't know if that's even possible if the um, information that I just alleged um, is, is, um, will be found out to be true or false. But um, it does throw a monkey wrench in the game because it may not be um, that this brother is gonna make it out of that situation at all if that background information is found to be connected to the case. Um, Because my, my warning to every Black person was, if you're in a situation like that, you have to try to be as cooperative as you can be. But if that background information does come out to be true, it's not even gonna help that I said, uh, being cooperative may get you out of a situation because that information means that um, one person had it in his mind that he was going to teach this guy a lesson, and he got the powers that be on his job to help him in that um, retribution.
3: Yeah, but that, but it doesn't it it doesn't make sense to me at all to entertain that because if if one if if in fact that was that is true what the heck does that have to do with the other four officers it has nothing to do with them so that, it doesn't make sense that that would be the case and then secondly I mean you had you had a similar case happen to Rodney King right? That mm-hmm. he didn't have anything to do with anybody's messing around with anybody's woman. It was just an abusive police power. So at the end of the day, I think that the discussion is really about the abusive police power. It's not. It's not about a revenge boyfriend, um, revenging something with his ex girlfriend or anything. It's 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 about someone who's in a power of authority abusing that power of authority and there's nothing more to to that even even if it has anything to do with you know an outside relationship it's still an abuse of power and that's that's it and that's all
2: i tend to agree with you wholeheartedly it's going to be one of the things that um most people will um try to harp on instead of what the actual meat of the situation is and that that is the abuse of power and um whether it has some type of a nefarious background to it or not it should not become the um the forefront of the conversation but um if we don't discuss it and put it out into the universe um i think we would be Um, lacking in our duty not to even mention it and um, how we should respond people that um, may bring things up like this because people say oh it's not about race Um, well why is this um, white officer somehow coming out of the woodworks and we didn't even know that he was involved in the case and how come he didn't receive the same um, retro, um, justice or, or the, the same uh, claim of abuse of power that the other officers did?
1: Right.
3: Yeah, I don't know. But I, what I saw in that video, all of those police officers were equally... Um, Um, accusable equally um, damaging as any of the officers I didn't see one particular officer it would be different to me if someone said well this guy was cheating with one of the officers woman and so you saw this one officer really taking it out on this guy but that's not what you saw each one of those officers were delivering the same amount of punishment. So it wasn't like a, you saw one particular office, officer saying, I really dislike this guy, I'm gonna punish him. And there's nothing in any of the tape of what you saw that anybody was sitting around talking about, yeah, he got my woman, or yeah, he cheated with my woman, or he was messing with my woman. So it's, it's a waste of time in my opinion to talk about that, you know, or entertain that because there's nothing that we see in the tape that talks about any officer saying he did this to my woman or he messed with my woman. There's nothing about that, right? And then everything you see with each one of those officers, it doesn't it's not individualized where one person is inflicting more harm than the other. Each one of them is inflicting the same amount of harm. Hmm. You just see police officers just running up randomly stomping the guy, punching a guy, and it's not individualized. It's not one officer saying, I really hate this dude. He did X, Y, Z. There's nothing to really validate that claim. So that's why it doesn't make sense to me. So uh, I, I guess that's all I got to say about it. I mean, it just doesn't make sense that. It, it's just a uh, hell Mary to me, um, someone saying that.
2: Um, does does it bother you that the white officer wasn't mentioned at first with the other five officers? And during your um um you you the time that you watched the video, did you recognize that there was a white officer involved?
3: I did. You know, because the white officer, one of the black officers, he trying to spray the black guy. And the mm-hmm. black guy ended up pepper spraying himself. The white officer kept pouring water in his eyes, you know, um, to help him out. And the white officer was like, I hope when they catch him, they stomp him out. So, yeah, I, I remember the white officer very clearly. Cool. Uh, but I, I don't know that. Because okay. um,
2: it it triggers something in me. So I try to stay away from those type of uh videos but um i do watch videos like that of um abusive police force um when it gets to be racial is when i can't seem to watch the full video so i didn't even see what the black officers did once i saw That same scenario of a Rodney King beaten, I stopped the video. And I'm usually the one that that would watch videos like that of um, that show police being um, using excessive force because I identify with it as as a child that, um, hey, somebody needs to pay attention because they are. doing things to these black children and these black adult men um, that that's uh, actually criminal. And this has been going on in time and memoriam since the inception of the police. And um, this is just another incident. So I didn't know that there was a white officer involved, but... Um, That just throws another angle to the story. The um, boyfriend of uh, another officer having a wife, that throws another angle into the story. But underneath all of that, whether you believe any of this, I'm talking to the audience now, whether you believe any of this is true or not. what? As um, Dr. Moore is saying, and I am backing up, what does not change is the abusive force, whether it be men in uniform or just people with individual motives. What happens as a collective, they all got together and carried out something that was criminal. And that Cannot change no matter how many facts uh, we learn later on in the case. That cannot change. That this was an incident that should not have led to any person's death, whether they be resisting arrest or not. It should not end in somebody dying. I think that is what we as observers should be focused upon because we could get lost in these little bits of information that are coming out now. We must be reminded that it is excessive force, whether it be from right. the police, whether it be from black people, whatever whatever the, the source of it, it is excessive force and even when you try to tell people legally that they should cooperate with the police in this situation, it was not going to turn out right for this brother, no matter what happened.
3: I think the bigger question or the bigger conversation is police reform. Um, Not about whether or not the dude slept with somebody's girlfriend, ex-wife, I, I, there's nothing to support that as, as far as what I know. What I do know for sure is we should be having a bigger discussion about police reform. This group of guys and not only this group of guys but in every police force they have specific units. This particular unit called call themselves the Scorpios or the Scorpions. Mm-hmm. And so in each police force Wherever you go, whether it be New York, DC, Memphis, anywhere you go, prison, the, the 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 county jail, there's a group of police officers, specific police officers, that are designed to target certain areas and to be a certain physical force wherever they go. So this particular these particular group of guys were This particular unit was called a scorpion. And so when the scorpions show up, they deliver physical harmful force. And that's what you saw happen. That's what that unit was. So the reason why they were pulling over a traffic stop, I don't know. But these guys had a history of doing physical damage wherever they showed up on the scene. And so if you're a person that has ever been involved in the streets, ever been locked up, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I talk about particular units. If you've been, if you've been to prison, you've been to jail, there's a unit called a goon squad. So when something breaks out and they say goon squad, when the goon squad comes, you know what's going to happen. The goon, the goon squad is called specifically for specific situations. So if there's a breakout, if there's a fight, there's something that happens, and the goon squad comes in. If you're not in your cell, when that goon squad gets in, then you got a certain amount of time. When they say lock up, you either get in that cell immediately, or that cell gets locked. If that cell gets locked, and you're locked outside of that cell, when the goon squad gets there, your ass is in trouble. You gonna oh, you' gonna get what that goon squad that goon squad brings, so this group of guys, police officers were called scorpions, and so when the scorpions show up, this is what they bring. This is what we saw so i don't again, I don't care where you are, where you live there's a there's a particular group in every police force that has their own reputation of when they show up. This is what they bring. So this is what we saw.
2: Yes, sir. Um, I think um, it's our duty to um, let people know that that was inevitable. Had it not been Tyree Nichols, it would have been someone else. But whenever you give people abusive power, their job is to abuse. It's their job to do so. It's um it doesn't make it right, but if we are searching for understanding why these things occur, we have to understand the all of the tools involved, all of the levers involved in that one action. It may come from different angles, but the the purpose of a scorpion squad like we had in new york city uh we called them the jump out uh police when those when that mvp van pulled up you knew right away so all ass because everybody that was um, gathered on that corner or in that alleyway no matter what you were doing when you saw them pull up 90 miles an hour and come to a complete stop on a dime and the, the the van doors open before they even stop the car and these police come running out it automatically gave the image that something bad was going to happen and you better run you didn't have to do anything you could have just been standing there but the fact that you were in that vicinity, as you were just saying about being in prison when the goon squad comes, we, we are very familiar with that as Black people, especially Black men. We know what that means when those police officers come out. It's time to run. Unfortunately, the the, the whole legality of not running is negated based on the power that is given to these officers. And it's only going to happen every now and then, like we're trying to bring the conversation to police reform, is when we understand what type, type of power we're giving police officers, when we say this is the scorpion squad, this is the goon squad, this is a specialized force that is above the police, since there's such a um, a big element of crime in this area, so-called, um, we have to have this excessive force. Historically, it has always been that where there's corruption and crime per se, that you have to have these excessive forces in place and. A lot of people are gonna get killed and some may get innocently killed, but this is the purpose of those special units.
1: But mm. mm. I, I remember well,
3: we just it. we 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 just had a president mm. that was pro police. And he would tell police that that type of behavior was appropriate and that you should do more more of it. Mm -hmm. And so the violence that we see with police officers and escalating, it comes from an environment um, of people like, you know, a past president that would invoke that type of behavior from police officers. And he was pro-police officers, pro-bad behavior of police officers. So I, you know, I'm not surprised um, at all. Not in the least bit. Yeah.
2: Um, If you look at um, what went on in New York City, this went on for years under Rudy Giuliani, who became... One of the um, supporters and um, administration of um, um, President Trump, Rudy Giuliani, had the same idea. The only way that you uh, deal with a criminal element is with abuse of power. They they say that this is okay. Um, if I can. Ask you to um, just take off your black hat for a second. Is there a necessity to meet a criminal element with a different type of um, behavior than you do a regular citizen? Uh, meaning that if you are uh, a law enforcement person per se, just hypothetically, is there a point where you say that we can't be nice to certain people, a certain element of society because of their criminal behavior, and so therefore we're going to have to be just as ugly? I'll put I'll give you another instance just. To withdraw the police, um, hypothetical for a minute. If you're in a gang or if you're in, you have a crew of people and you're involved in this crew and you're, you find yourself in the opposition to other people from maybe a, a block away or another city or another territory. And these guys, that you find yourself in opposition to are ruthless. They do not play. In order for you to come out on top against those ruthless motherfuckers, you are going to have to be more savage than they are. Can you understand that psyche? I
3: understand that psyche. I understand that Psyche in the sense that um, iron sharpens iron, mm. right? So where, I, but where, where I don't understand it and where I don't understand it being applied is if you need to be a gangster to arrest gangsters, if you need to be ruthless to be among ruthless people, I get that. Where I don't get that is when you are applying that to people that are civilian,
1: hmm. that
3: aren't being gangsters. That
1: that's where it doesn't.
3: That's where it doesn't make sense to me.
2: And that is what we should focus on, because people are going to say, oh, uh, this and that and that and that. But when you get down to the meat of it all, um, Tyree Nichols doesn't fit in any of this picture. Your sons and daughters don't fit into any of these these pictures. The Philando Castiles, the Trayvon Martins, the Youssef Hawkins, the... uh, all of these people, um, what is this, the sister's name that was shot by the cops in her own house? I um, can't think of her name right now. Tayana uh, Taylor? Yeah. She could have been involved with a boyfriend that had a criminal background but that is order. sister that got pulled out of her car right <clears throat> um, Sandra Glenn <throat> that's her name too right um,
3: whatever so, the situation, so, was no so what I'm saying is <clears throat> if you are, if you're a correctional officer in a pr- in a prison I get it right If you are in the dope game dealing with dope dealers and killers, I get that. But when you are applying and this is one thing they teach us in in therapy and culture competence Mm. is universality doesn't work in therapy.
1: Mm.
3: Universality in therapy doesn't work. If you bring universal universality into therapy, you're gonna do more harm than you're gonna do good. Because if you're gonna, if you're gonna say, I got a one treatment that fits all, you're gonna you're gonna hurt mm. people. Because if you say, Well, I'm white, but I'm but I'm gonna be universal and I'm gonna treat everybody the same, well, that's not gonna be effective with black people. It's not gonna be effective with Chinese people, that's not gonna be effective with Asian people. If you're a black therapist and you say, well, I'm going to treat everybody the same, it's not going to be effective.
1: Hmm.
3: Right. And so universal if you take a universality approach as a police officer or as, you know, people that are going to work with people in the community, you're going to be ineffective more than you're going to be effective because the community is not one way. So if if you can't see people for who they are instead of what you want them to be, or wanting to see them as you, you're gonna do them more harm than you're gonna do them good.
1: Mm.
3: So <clears throat> if a white person or a gay person, an Asian person comes to me and ther- come comes to see me in therapy, if I say I'm gonna take a universal approach with them, I'm going to do them more harm than good, because I'm not considering Mm. their cultural background. Mm. If I'm going to treat black men the way I treat black women, I'm going to do them harm. Mm.
2: And we take an oath to do no harm.
3: Absolutely.
2: Well, brother, that's um tough discussion to have, but um, I felt it was a, um, imperative that we bring it back this week, uh, given all of the new circumstances that come up. And um, once again, I reiterate, uh, rest in power, Tyree Nichols, um, some people may not understand our anger, but um, our frustration and uh, our accusations, some think it's irrational, that you have to be tough on crime and uh, there's gonna be some casualties at war. But there is no way, even in our frustration, that you are gonna convince people otherwise. If they have that mentality, they've had it for a very long time. Perhaps, even as I suggest, but um, it's just my opinion, that they've had this type of mentality since they were little kids. This extreme-ism was the very thing that was recruited when they signed up for that special force. That, um, that gang or that criminal entity, or if you just go to prison. I know that in prison, the, the mentality that you better have to survive in prison means that you can't be nice to everybody. And you can't let one slight go unchecked because you will be abused by other people. Your, perception of reality outside of prison, and I've never been to prison, but I know one thing, you can't show softness in there and expect not to be abused. Um, To ask people to give up on their guns or give up on their mentality of how to fight crime will never win that argument, but it goes back to the thing that I hope we have been saying in this podcast all of your protesting, all of your frustration, all of your anger should take the form of some type of positive um, consequence, meaning that you would do better, go to college or join some type of organization or some type of political entity that's about empowerment on the things that you say that you're frustrated about. Protesting is one avenue, but it's not a universality. It's not the end all to be all. If you were to take your anger and put it towards getting a degree, because... There's going to be protest about this, but what is the empowerment move for those who feel frustrated? Um, I think historically the Jews have shown that no matter how much adversity that they have um, been exposed to, uh, that has caused their community much harm, they never stop their program, and their program is self-improvement. It doesn't happen to all of them, but you can see those that stick together in the Jewish community, they are about business. They are about um, getting um, knowledge that builds their community, no matter how many times that they're exposed or attacked or um targeted they cannot let that be the end all to be all and then we have another protest where there's nothing that comes of that protest not even uh even with george floyd the legislation that was involved in george floyd's um death was voted against we're now having to bring it up again with Tyree Nichols. Uh, can we pass the bill for George Floyd now that we see it again? Those things are a reminder that no matter what happens to us as black people, we can't let it stop there. And that's just my own soapbox. And that was the reason that I brought it up last week and I brought it up again this week. I don't know what your take is on it, but um, that was my motivation for trying to bring some clarity because even things that we don't agree with are going to continue to happen. You can't stop that. that. That's something that's in their psyche to me, my opinion. Um, but what you can do is empower yourself some type of way. Hmm.
3: Hmm. Okay. Um when you say empower yourself, um elaborate this a little bit.
2: Um, for instance, me and you were in the, the same organization. You took all of the empowerment. And you focused it on your schooling. I didn't. I still stayed with the protesting. Your situation is better now and you're in more of a position to protect your family, which is the ultimate goal of all of this. To provide for your family than I am. My... um declaration to my wife was listen, this struggle is what I'm married to. You are just a consequence of that. And it should have been the opposite of what my mantra or my philosophy should have been. I believe that there was a way to fight against this, um, as um, the song says, this black Armageddon. There was a way to empower ourselves by constantly addressing these issues with protests. I see now this is just me, brother. I can't put that on you. But I see now that you at least from what I see have more advantages than I do. and I don't know I don't want it to make it look like you you uh, I'm saying that you gave up on the struggle. I think there's a bigger struggle that me that I see now that I should have been having. If that makes any sense to you.
1: Um. <clears throat>
3: Um well um I don't know about gave up on the struggle. I think taking a different approach to the struggle um is the way that I see it. Um I right.
1: don't know how having
3: a different perspective on it. Right. I I don't know how what what I what I look at is progress right and so Mm. the way i see things is okay i'm i'm looking at what i'm doing i'm looking at the progress of where it's getting me right Mm. and so if the progress isn't moving me over a certain period of time i need to do something different why Mm. am i doing the same thing looking for a different result that mm. I, I I've already spent a year doing that. That's not working.
1: Mm. But
3: if I spend another year doing something different, and I see progress, then do I want to go back over here and spend my wheels, or do I want to go over here and continue to make progress? Mm. So I'm 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 at every point I'm looking for progress.
1: Hmm.
3: Right? And so if one person views it as abandonment, that's fine. But for me, it's almost like, I would always say when when I would get into arguments with people about belief in God, right?
1: Hmm.
3: And I would say, (laughs) I, I would look at it like, I tell you what, if you look at your God, I look at my God. And if your God is doing for you what my God is doing for me in terms of making progress, then you're on the right page. But if your God isn't doing for you what my God is doing for me, then maybe you need to reevaluate your God.
2: Hmm. Because... reevaluate your emotions and your perspective.
3: (laughs) Right. Because what I'm saying is my belief and understanding of God is taking me here. Mm. It's taking me from the streets. It's taking me to college. It's mm. taking me from semester to semester. And I'm saying, yeah. hey, this God that I believe in is serving me. And I'm serving it. Mm. But if the God you're mm. telling me that you want me to believe in, if it's serving you the way I see it serving you, I don't want it. Mm. Because it doesn't seem like that God is working for you. Mm. But if what I'm doing, if my God isn't serving me in what I'm doing, then maybe I'll reevaluate it. But right now, my God is working for me and I'm working for it.
1: Mm.
2: And we are still in the system. But we have to take advantage of the system no matter how corrupt it is it's like surviving in prison no matter how corrupt and animalistic it may be that they try to lower your whole human existence in prison too the only people that are going to thrive are the people that are doing something that's different than all of the other prisoners. No, let me tell you, you have to, you have to be different from everybody. Or you're gonna be in there forever. <laughs> you're gonna be stuck in their system,
3: right? It, 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 whether it's prison or whether it's the real world, mm. right? It, it's it's still a jungle. Mm. And if you're looking for perfection. If you're talking about a system, everything is a system. Everything is a system. Mm. You're not escaping a system. It's, a, it, it's all a system. Mm. So you look in perfection and looking for perfection in a system is unrealistic. It doesn't exist. I don't care where you go. You can leave America, go to Africa, go to Ghana. I don't give a fuck where you go. It's, mm-hmm. it's still a wherever you go is a system. I don't care if you go. I don't care if you go off the grid. It's still a system that you mm. gotta adapt to. Mm-hmm. Your perception about winning is what has changed. Hmm.
2: And that's what we intend to do, no matter how unpopular this show is, is to change your perception. That is why we come back here every week, whether we're sick or tired, overslept, we try to come back every week to ask you, what are you thinking? And what is the end goal of what you're thinking? And where do you think it's going to get you? I think you you described it with um, spinning your wheels. Now, I'm not telling you you shouldn't protest or you shouldn't do this or that. But ask yourself out in the audience, when are you spinning your wheels? Is this pattern going to change or do you have to do something different? Do you have to begin to think differently? Do you have to begin to understand, not accept, but to understand who people are? And when you understand who they are, then you say, oh, let me make this move. Let me turn right here at this light and do something different. That is what we want you to do. We don't want you to get frustrated and mad Because that leads down a rabbit hole. And I hope that our demonstration of this conversation and where I tried to take it and where Brother brought it back to is an example of how you have to think going forward. Not that it's um, a better way of thinking, but that if it doesn't benefit you in the whole, in the long run, You can fight against it all the rest of your life. And it will have no benefit for your family. Take us home, brother. We gotta go. But (laughs) Um, Sometimes I can't explain what I need people to hear, but I can demonstrate it. We went through a whole bunch of complex arguments that very good arguments if that's where you want to be. If you want to debate either side of those arguments, well, this person is right or this person is wrong, or we should think this way or we should think that way, what is it going to get you in the end? The reason that we talk about Black mental health and race is not to make this society right. But to make your individual self better. I hope you're listening out there in the audience, and maybe something so unpopular will reach one mind, one heart, and change it for the better, for themselves and their family. Take us home, brother. (laughs) (laughs) So it's funny when you say that uh
3: and I think um I will repeat or if I haven't said it um you know say it for the first time if I haven't said it in the past life is hard things are challenging but it's even harder when you don't want to do this Change your perspective and get to it. Hmm.
2: I think um, that just about says it all in very few words. You're trying to paint a picture here. You have been listening to Black Mental Health and Race. Uh, Anything else on your mind before we go, bro?
3: No, bro. Uh, But, uh, uh, you know, uh, I won't complain. Um, You know, interesting work week, but uh, that's what I do for a living. So it is (laughs) what it is. So nothing in particular, bro. There's there's nothing shocking about my world. I live in a shocking world. Hmm. Yes, sir. You know anything else you want to run through real quick?
2: Uh-huh. Oh, I got a TV and a phone, brother.
1: I'm got
2: trying it. to get a TV and a phone. I haven't had a phone, a home phone, over 20 years. But I see it as one of the tools that I'm gonna need down the line. But the TV, not so so much. I don't need a TV to um, make the changes in my perspective. But um, it's good to have some technology, that will aid in my changing my perspective and making me notice when something isn't working, you have to make a right turn. Okay. So we'll see where it goes from here, brother. Um, Last week I talked about travel. Um, Still making steps towards that, getting my—I'd um, like to put out into the universe. I'm setting a goal to get my um, learner's permit. I may not be able to drive, but just to have the learner's permit again would um, definitely set a new direction in my life. Uh, I don't know where it will go but it's better than having nothing. And I hope that the, uh, people that do listen to us understand that you can make all the noise in the world you want and still have nothing.
3: Well, I think that, um, going back to the beginning of the show, um, And talking about Al Sharpton and going to the Slave Theater. One of the things that I remember the most um, about Al Sharpton uh, early on when he was a fat Al Sharpton with the perm going backwards (laughs) and the medallion. I remember being in the the Slave Theater um, and listening to him while you were on the stage on security with him. I remember him saying, um, You could be a person on the sidelines throwing rocks at the people that's doing something. Hmm. Or you could be a person that's actually doing the work.
1: Hmm. You
3: decide what person you want to be. So I look at that like I look at life, right? You could be a person on the sideline throwing rocks at people that are actually making progress. Hmm. Or you could be a person that's actually making progress and people on the sideline <laughs> throwing rocks at you. You decide and what this, person you want to be.
2: Right. And this goes for the people that are always, I mean, they, they're at every rally. I'm not talking about Sharpton. I'm talking about the people that are at the rally. They are the ones that are always saying, oh, that's the white man stuff. <laughs> like they are so anti. And they live for, for Shelton. They live for the um, college. They live for the, um, the ant- antagonist, antagonist, the fight. They live for the fight. But at the end of the day, there's nothing to them. There's nothing to show for what they've uh, done. Not saying that don't protest. I'm not saying don't support this and that. Do what you do. But remember that the first person to take care of you is yourself. You may give and sacrifice for an organization or a political movement and still have nothing at the end of the day and you gotta look back on life at that and you may blame others but when you start to blame yourself maybe is when the change will initiate and maybe your perspective may change to something that's more self empowering that's what I hope we teach here every week. Self-empowerment. Inshallah. Inshallah. Peace to the universe. Peace to the world.
0: Oh, my people. I want you to understand and know the time.